Muffin Films and Salad Fingers, Homestar Runner and Mondo Media, Adam Films and Metalocalypse, Happy Tree Friends and What the Hell is Flash Animation Anyway? Warning, not affiliated with Adobe. Welcome to Plug and Missing, the Flash Animation Flashback Podcast, where we watch the Flash Animation's webtoons and shorts that we grew up watching in the halcyon days of yore, of course, I mean the early 2000s. I'm Paul Reberg, and with me is my co-host, John Ward. All right, John, I know we are excited to be starting... So excited. Season season five? Who, 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 uh, who the hell cares? Seven? Seven? Of Plug Seven? and Missing, which is going to be focused on a new topic. So, John, what are we looking at today? Uh, today we're talking about episode 60 of ne- Neurotically Yours, a.k.a. Foamy the Squirrel, titled Amityville Toaster. Uh, this is our first episode on Foamy the Squirrel. This was recommended by Becky. Thank you, Becky. So a quick intro to Neurotically Yours. It's a comic book and flash animation series created by Jonathan Ian Mathers, depicting a squirrel named Foamy, who's the pet of a neurotic goth girl named Germaine. So it was originally called Neurotically Yours, but when Mathers moved the hosting videos to YouTube, he for some reason changed the title to Foamy the Squirrel. I haven't really dug into the detail there, but we'll probably just use those two terms interchangeably. The webtoon started in early 2003 and I think is still going on today. John, what's your history with Foamy the Squirrel? Uh, So I have no history with Foamy the Squirrel whatsoever. I recognize the name foamy the squirrel which uh i i don't even recognize neurotically yours uh but like generally foamy the squirrel i think just from osmosis of the early 2000s or whatever how about you paul there are a couple episodes that i remember watching multiple times back in the day but not anything like we've seen with other uh series of seeing all of muffin films several times or anything like that i don't know why i only saw a couple episodes several times instead of seeing more of it but i guess that yeah. doesn't really matter so we're both coming in not at zero for me, but fairly near zero. And John, you're at pretty much zero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, like, I was, I didn't even know that they were webtoons until like we started plug and missing, basically. Gotcha. Okay, so it should be interesting for us to engage with neurotically yours because, well, there's apparently an incredible amount of lore or backstory or IP. I don't know what you want to call it, but there's a lot to this um, yeah content yeah and we're not going to be able to cover all that like we are we are coming at this after basically it's sort of been in the zeitgeist and and been absorbed by everybody uh we're not going to be able to we're, we're not like long-standing fans of the series or something like that that are going to be able to give you this is going to be a pretty broad overview just looking at specific videos uh less so about like the the entire thing as a whole Yep. All right. Well, as has become traditional over the past season, we're going to read the episode summary before mm-hmm. each show. Uh, this and pretty much all of the background info we have comes from the Neurotically Yours wiki. So definitely check that out for all of your data needs, I mm-hmm. guess. <laughs> but anyway, episode <laughs> that hot, 60. hot, hot data on Webtoons. You need it. Mm-hmm. Uh, episode 60. Foamy show Germain the Amityville. Amityville? Amityville. Amityville. It's not any easier to say for the fact that it's spelled differently every time it's used in this fan wiki. (laughs) Of course. But uh, Foamy shows Jermaine the Amityville toaster, and the cast for this episode is Jermaine and Foamy. John, I think given how little we know, it's going to be a lot of fun if we read part of the bio for one of the characters in each episode so why don't you read the bio for our good friend foamy all right so uh this is the bio of the titular foamy the squirrel 
the Lord and Master of the Universe, Fomi may or may, may not be a powerful deity who lives on Earth in the humble form of squirrel. Humble squirrels. Mmm. Yum. Uh, while seemingly consumed with the simple life of a squirrel, gathering nuts and such, Fomi has also displayed a cutting wit, thoughtful insight, and immense power, the most terrifying of which is known as his squirrely wrath. Fomi has appeared throughout history and claims to have had 630 owners spanning for, uh, a 400-year span, spanning a 400-year span. Uh, of them, only four have ever impressed Fomi enough to merit a reboot, a chance to reverse time and try life again. My favorite thing about the brevity of the episodes, I think, is that none of that comes across. And unless you've seen <laughs> every pre-episode and maybe read the comics, I don't think there's any way to know any of that. Yeah, I I mean, I guess it's good to go in with some context, uh, but this video doesn't need any of that context whatsoever. It does not, although it's good to know that Fomi's not only a talking squirrel, but maybe a god. Yeah. Yeah, maybe a god. Maybe? I mean, I just assume that of most characters, really. <laughs> I mean, Big Bunny. Like, if you were to worship if, anything, yeah. worship that. I'm just saying. I'm pretty sure that guy's Zeus in a costume. <laughs> I was thinking more like some sort of terrible, like, Moloch, like a child eater. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't say yeah. he's a good god. <laughs> <laughs> All right, John, let's start with the basics a little bit. Can you tell us briefly about the art style of Foamy the Squirrel slash Neurotically Yours? Yeah, uh, it's a little reminiscent of uh, like Johnny the Homicidal Maniac or Invader Zim, you know, sort of like early 2000s goth alt sort of style uh, that, uh, you know, you observed, uh, what is it, Hot Topic sort of sucked all of the light out, life out of and, and commercialized uh, to mm -hmm. death. So I think that that's sort of what what it is like. Uh, it's sort of gothy, uh, alty, maybe a little punk style, but at the same time, it's very much a flash cartoon. Like uh, you know, big black outlines to things, and uh, the color is sort of uh, you know fits with the style. So it's you know less saturated, sort of dull colors. But yeah, it's it's good. Uh, I I like the style a lot. It seems consistent between shots, so he's able to reproduce it uh, pretty well. Uh, what do you think, Paul? I like it. You like it. Okay, what about the characters? What do the characters look like? Well, Foamy the Squirrel uh, look, looks like a squirrel pretty well. It's not <laughs> unlike the other... I mean, I, I feel like Flash animated animals all kind of look the same. Yeah. In the, in, uh, in I think cutesy, it's more just like evil. the era. Like, this is how we represent yeah. cartoon animals without it looking like retro Looney Tunes or something like that. Yeah. No, but it's it's, it's good. It's fun. Yep. All right, so because the episode summary was brief, maybe I should say that the actual plot of the episode is the squirrel buys the toaster from the haunted Amneville house and mm -hmm. uh, shows it off and all, all of its powers. It looks kind of cool. It's red. It's got a skull on it. And that lever that you depress to start the toaster um, is a tongue. Yep. It's gross. I like that feature. I think that's my favorite visual feature of the toaster. I think so. It's cool. I don't know if I'd want to touch a tongue every day to get toast, but I do. I know what you're getting for birthmas. <laughs> birthmas. All right. Uh, so it has sort of like uh, computational powers. This toaster. There's like a transmogrifying computer that is basically this toaster. 
um, where you put in white bread and out comes wheat toast. If you put mm-hmm. in wheat toast or wheat bread, out comes pumpernickel. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you put in pumpernickel, out comes blueberry. Uh, however, we sort of break that chain here and we're going bagel comes out pork chops. And of course, waffles comes out as a toasted human hand. Um, which is really disappointing because I like waffles and I like toasted waffles. <laughs> I mm-hmm. kind of wish like what turns into waffles? Like that's, that's what I'd be asking. I was like, I don't care if waffles come out as a human hand. What comes out is toasted waffles. Um, do you think an untoasted human hand turns into waffles? Ooh, no, because nothing else has that sort of close a loop. So I think if if we're going with the rest of this, mm. then there's at least like, uh, you know, what, three steps or something like that to every every loop yeah. at the bare minimum. Because we don't see them. We don't see what happens when blueberry muffins go in. True. We don't see what happens when pork chops go in other than most likely a fire, a, a, yeah. fat, a rendered fat fire. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we don't see what happens when a toasted human hand goes in. I do wonder if a toasted human hand would just result in another part of the human body. What, what do you think the progression would be? Because it's an upgrade every time in terms of complexity. <laughs> Is it an upgrade every time? <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, I like, think so. I mean, bagel to pork chops. Th- I guess it's an upgrade in complexity. Pork chops are more. They're more complicated. Yeah, than but bagels. bagels I think bagels are more uh, like labor heavy. Like you mean like literal like like molecular complexity. <laughs> oh yeah. Yep. All right. Um because I guess blueberry muffins inherently have blueberries in them which I imagine must be more molecularly complex than uh like just wheat flour and egg. Well, at least it's a it's an additional layer of yeah. it's, a, it's like a whole another component. So another component. I guess that's I got consistent. You, I got you. Another ingredient other than the yeah. regular wheat flour semolina something else yeah uh so so i guess an upgrade for a hand that that would be a face right like like, like hands are pretty mm. damn complex the only thing that True. i can could think be, of could be a face yeah a face could be a brain brain yeah definitely but i feel like that's the pinnacle of complexity like there's got to be something in between hands and brain what do you think comes out if you put a brain in uh god (laughs) okay or maybe an octopus i hear they're pretty smart (laughs) they are pretty smart that's true yeah they're the real gods all right john this toaster's weird and i like it yeah but if you could have a toaster with any power what would it be uh well i mean electrical i assume uh Damn it, we've been canceled again, John. Uh, yeah, okay. So, uh, if I had a toaster that had a magical power to do something, uh, I think it would be to actually fucking toast things properly. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, to, the, to the degree that you actually want them. Yeah, time. exactly. Like, it psychically links to my brain, and I'm like, I really want this amount of toast and give on the inside of the toast. Like, like I want it to be perfectly crispy on the outside but still a little soft on the inside and that's what i and that's what it gives me each time hmm yeah uh i also want it to uh when the toast comes out it's still hot but it's like ready to eat like like i don't know if i want it that way though because you want it to sometimes melt the butter or loosen up the peanut butter a little bit Mm. okay so it's ready to eat but it also has better insulation so it doesn't lose heat as quickly 
because i feel like that's with radiant heat yeah exactly ready to eat with radiant yep that's the that's the new tagline for the <laughs> the old man toaster that i want <laughs> <laughs> but yeah oh, damn. all right this is good uh you ready for morals paul I think, yeah, let, let's jump right to it. John, if you have to assign a moral to this toaster cartoon, what would it be? Uh, sell your toaster to the devil. What do you think you get if you sell your toaster to the devil? Is this like a yard sale scenario where he gives you like two bucks? Well, first or... off, I think that whatever your asking price is, you know he's going to haggle with you. Like the devil's just in, you know, he's in the details. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. So like uh, what I would be worried about is that he'd be like, uh, <laughs> you'd be like, okay, that'd be 30 cents. And then he goes, well, what about 25 soul coins? And you're like... Okay, so this is how this is gonna be. So you're really negotiating five cents, and then you're like, "Wait, what's a soul coin?" Then mm-hmm. he has to explain that, and then you start just the whole thing starts weaving you out a little bit, and and you just want to go back and sell more of your crap because you're just trying to get rid of it because the Marie Kondo told you to. Uh, mm-hmm. Although you know, in the end, you're like, "Why didn't I just donate this stuff?" Like. 30 cents is not a good amount of money for for a toaster. I'm sure somebody would be able to use it for, you know, a comparable amount of money. Anyway, what were we talking about again? So why why is your moral <laughs> that you should sell your toaster to the devil if it sounds like you really shouldn't? Well, I mean, you should. It's just that you should just have like a contract up front and be like mm. ready to go with it. You got to oh, be okay. prepared okay. Pre- be okay the moral is be prepared to sell your toaster to the devil. <laughs> okay. Sure. Be prepared uh, when selling toasters to the devil. It's a very specific moral but yeah. I think it's a good one. Yes. All right. My moral is that toasters really aren't to be trusted and toaster ovens even less so. Yeah, I don't get this 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 slight against toaster ovens, Paul. They're just they're not as good as toasters at toasting. Yeah, but you can and see that the really toasting. upsets me. I don't need to see the toasting. <laughs> uh, you always want to see... The, like, if I could put a little tiny, like, observation cam inside of my oven, I totally would. Like, nowhere else in my life do I give a crap about what's happening in my house or living establishment or anything like that. But my oven, I would be endlessly fascinated by it if I could get, like, one of those uh, British Bake Off cameras. I'm kind of surprised that you can't actually get a glass toaster. Oh, my God, Paul. That's a freaking genius idea, other than the fact that I'm sure that toasters are absolutely disgusting (laughs) on the inside. (laughs) William Sonoma will sell you a glass toaster for $250. Oh, my God. They're monsters. Also, you you paid $250 for a glass toaster only to see all the shitty bits that fall off in your toast at the bottom of the toaster that you'll never be able to clean out. Jeez. Okay, so at Walmart, you can get one for 70 bucks okay, along the- with one that looks like a Death Star. <laughs> Ooh. A de- Why would you? That is not a good use of space. Or one that has an <laughs> antenna coming out of it. Is that to remote control your... Oh, it's a radio toaster. Okay. It, first off, radio toaster is not a thing, right? That's not a normal two words that go together. Second off, uh, it is literally the least efficient use of space. <laughs> like, like, It's a sphere, and it is 
it, by definition has to be larger than what the toaster footprint would have to be. You can't make one smaller than the footprint of the toaster. So it's actually a nope. sphere that contains an entire toaster with inside of it and then just has extra bits filling out spaces around it. I'm almost certain that it is just a normal cheap toaster inside of a plastic sphere. That has to be what it is. I mean, unless you just want the more space to fill with other bits of toast that have fallen off inside the toaster. This this is what I'm saying. Toasters are stupid. Toaster ovens are even bigger. I just think, heck them all. Toaster spheres are the worst, I think. The other side yeah, of it is, yeah, like, true, what true. happens if it, like, rolls? And, like, like, if it just gets off balance a little bit? Like, you don't want that rolling around. Nope. Your toast could fall out. Yeah. And, or just electrocute shit or just fall on a dog we have different priorities but yeah <laughs> yeah okay true true all right all right well on on that particularly cogent note thank you for joining us for this episode of plug and missing <laughs> if you liked what you heard why is that <laughs> but please tell a friend and leave us a review on itunes uh, we're starting up our historic promotion again where if you uh, leave us a review on itunes or wherever send us a screenshot of it we'll write you a jingle for whatever you want maybe you have a round toaster idea a toaster ball jingle mm. a, a boaster Ballster. Mm. balls all right, well, do you want to talk more about Flash Animation? Contact <laughs> us on the various social media platforms at Plug and Missing or email us at plugandmissingpod at gmail.com. You can also check out plugandmissing.com for all kinds of other shit. As always, this episode was co-hosted by John Ward and Paul Reberg, produced by John Ward, edited by me. Come back next week and we're going to ask you, would you like to update Flash? We're glad you could join us for just a little bit discussing Flash Animation and what the hell it is until next week. We hope you're well. Please give us five stars on iTunes.